Welcome to the Refuge Recovery Podcast. Refuge Recovery is a worldwide community of people who are using the practices of mindfulness, compassion, forgiveness, and generosity to heal the pain and suffering that addiction has caused in our lives and the lives of our loved ones. This podcast is for all those interested in and all those already practicing refuge recovery to find freedom from addiction of all kinds. To support this podcast and your refuge recovery, please donate using the link in the show notes. So last week I shared a little bit of my personal story um, of uh, how I got into recovery and why uh, I created Refuge Recovery and how important um, the Buddhist path has been to me personally. And really um, everything in the book is what I've been practicing. And uh, what's up, Russ? What's up, Marco? Uh, Everything that I've been practicing in my own life for the last 30 years plus years. Um, This is what I didn't make any of this shit up. It's what I learned from my Buddhist teachers. It's what I learned from studying Buddhism. But I, um, you know, created this methodology, taking the Buddhist teachings and applying it to our experience of addiction. Over and over, I came into contact with uh, Buddhist teachers, Buddhists who didn't understand addiction, didn't understand that our experience as addicts is so much different, you know, the alcoholic, the addict. Um, we suffer in a special way. <laughs> uh, everybody has some suffering, but we have, you know, that extra layer of uh, suffering that, that addiction creates in our lives. So tonight I'm going to jump into the um, first truth of refuge recovery, that addiction creates suffering. Um, with the understanding that, as I said, the first noble truth of Buddhism acknowledges all living beings have some suffering. And then as addicts, we have a whole extra layer on top of the ordinary suffering of life, the experience of the suffering of addiction, which is um, unique to people who suffer from addiction, unique to us. It's a different kind of suffering. I think I'm basically going to go through the the chapter because uh, I feel like it speaks directly and does speak directly to to our experience. And I'm going to go through the um, inventory. And if you haven't uh, gotten the book and if you're not already working it, um, I I hope you are. I hope that people that are dropping in here um, are hitting the Zoom meetings. I've been hitting some Zoom meetings. They're super cool people you're able to connect with all over the world and um, and working the program. You know, it's a, like all recovery programs, it's not a philosophy. It's an action-based program. It's not about faith. It's not about reading the book. It's about working the book. It's about uh, studying and applying and practicing in this way. So I'll share with you some of my experience and I'll, I'll, I'll maybe do a little bit of a commentary. I'm going to share uh, this first truth, which states, addiction creates suffering. The path of refuge recovery begins when the first truth, addiction creates suffering. This is not a philosophy, it's a practice. It demands action. We must understand, acknowledge, admit, 
accept all of the ways addiction has caused suffering in our lives. We take this action by writing and sharing an in-depth, detailed inventory of the suffering we have experienced in association with our addictions. You are probably already painfully aware of how addiction leads to suffering. Addiction to drugs, alcohol, sex, people, gambling, money, food, or whatever the addiction, or whatever, the addiction creates an almost unbearable amount of suffering, confusion, and harm in the life of the addict and the lives of the people who love the addict. What usually starts as a search for happiness and pleasure almost always ends in tremendous sorrow. Loss, confusion, and suffering. Very often it leads us to suicidal thoughts, despondency, and shame. For the addict in the midst of addiction, life is often a downward spiral that ends in incarceration institutionalization, violence, loss, and death. Some may continue to function in seemingly normal ways, working, parenting, and participating in society. But an internal death occurs, a numbness arises, and they start to disconnect from themselves and from others. A wall of denial and suppression, too high and too thick to scale, or breakthrough, keeps others out and keeps the addict in, trapped by his or her own defenses, prisoner to his or her addictions. The start, to start the process of healing and recovery from addiction, the first thing we must do is accept how our addictions cause suffering in us and in the ones we love. We begin by understanding that addiction always creates suffering and that suffering is greed, hatred, delusion. For the addict, it may manifest as suffering is the stress cre created by craving for more. Suffering is never having enough to feel satisfied. Suffering is stealing to support your addiction. Suffering is lying to hide your addiction. Suffering is feeling ashamed of one's actions. Suffering is feeling unworthy. Suffering is living in the fear of the consequences of one's actions. Suffering is the feeling of anger and resentment. Suffering is hurting other people. Suffering is hurting yourself. Suffering is the feeling of being isolated and alone. Suffering is the feeling of hatred towards oneself or others. Suffering is jealousy and envy. Suffering is feeling less than, inferior, or beneath others. Suffering is feeling superior, better than, or above others. Suffering is greedy, needy, and selfish. Suffering is the thought, I cannot be happy until I get. Suffering is the anguish and misery of being addicted. All these feelings are unnecessary suffering caused by an imbalance between our instinctual drive for happiness and our instinctual need for survival. It is also very important to remember 
that the end of suffering does not mean the end of pain or difficulties, just the end of creating unnecessary suffering in our lives. Once we understand this, we can begin to determine whether or not we have crossed the line into addiction. By looking at all of the ways that our drug use, drinking, eating, gambling, sex, or relationships have become a source of suffering. This is a process that cannot be skipped or half-assed. The foundation of our recovery is complete admission and acceptance of the suffering that we have caused and experienced due to addiction. We must do away with any shred of denial, minimalization, justification, or rationalization. To recover, we must completely and totally understand and accept the truth that addiction creates suffering. As addicts, we have crossed a line we can rarely cross back over. Drug addicts and alcoholics almost never regain the ability to drink or use drugs in a non-addictive way. We have to accept that abstinence is our only hope. For those who have become addicted to food or certain unhealthy behaviors related to food, however, total abstinence is not an option. Recovery entails abstaining from the addictive behaviors associated with eating to find a balanced relationship to food. There is a small percentage of former addicts who, after a period of abstinence and recovery, seem to be able to return to drinking or drugs without losing control, but this is a very rare exception. The vast majority of addicts will return to active addiction if they participate in the behaviors or substances they became addicted to in the past. Accepting that we are addicts is also accepting that we can no longer drink or use drugs. When we bring awareness to the addiction and to the suffering it has caused, we begin a process of recovery that will always include abstinence. In the beginning, it can be hard to imagine our lives without the drugs or behaviors that bring us temporary relief from the difficulties in our lives. But later, after we have firmly established the recovery practices, it will be hard to imagine a life that included addiction. The meditation, ethical behavior, and community involvement that accompany the Buddhist path to recovery will lead to an experience of such contentment and well-being that there will no longer even be an attraction to escaping or creating a false temporary intoxication. The practice of these principles which we which begins with accepting the reality of our addiction, will bring us to an enlightened state, an experience of wisdom and compassion and forgiveness and love for ourselves and everyone else. When we experience this healing, the drive to escape and or control our experience will be replaced by a deep appreciation of life as it is. As compassion grows and our hearts, grows in our hearts, pain will no longer be so scary or something to escape from. Instead, it will turn into just another sensation or emotion to feel and meet with kindness. We will once again be able to enjoy the life that we live and the normal joys and sorrows that come with birth and death.
So this next part I'd like to do as a meditation. Let's have a short reflection on, on that first truth and my experience and just acknowledging that everybody has a different, I guess what is traditionally called a bottom, you know, when we kind of are done. And some of it seems to be based on our pain threshold. How much pain can you tolerate? How much suffering? How long can you stay in that bardo, that, that not alive and not dead realm of addiction, that hungry ghost experience? I, you know, my own experience was that I, I think I have maybe have a low tolerance for suffering or something because I got sober so young. I suffered so much and I just couldn't keep going. I just, um, I couldn't continue to tolerate the suffering that addiction was creating in my life. And I started meditating and meditating changed everything for me. As most of you understand, um, refuge recovery is based in the practice of the Eightfold Path, and we encourage people right from the beginning, start mindfulness, and then start alternating forgiveness and mindfulness practice, and that was my experience early on, getting some relief from mindfulness, but living with so much anger, so much hatred, the necessity of Forgiveness of learning to forgive myself and others. I have no um, denial about uh, myself as an addict and I have no denial about the suffering that addiction creates and I just see it all the time in my life and in other people's lives. And, and I feel so grateful to be... Uh, in recovery and for this refuge recovery process. I'd like to invite you, hopefully most of you, as I said before, have already completed the First Truth Inventory. If you haven't, please do. Not for me, but for yourself. Do the inventory. Uh, write it down. Take the time. It's. Um, I'll share this sort of intro to it. But find a way to sit. We're going to do this as like a reflection. We're going to reflect on these questions as a meditation. So not a ignore your mind, but actually let your mind um, kind of free associate and reflect as I read the questions to you. And let your eyes close and just receive as a meditation these questions. So this first truth inventory, this is on page six of the Refuge Recovery book. Write an in-depth and detailed inventory of the suffering you have experienced in association with your addiction. Share the inventory with a trusted friend, a mentor, or your Buddhist teacher to understand the nature of your addiction suffering. On the path, on the path of recovery, we must understand that addiction is suffering and accept all the ways it has caused suffering in our lives. Only then can we begin to find freedom from addiction. Without full acceptance and disclosure, recovery is not possible. We cannot skip this step. We must be thorough in our inventory process.
This inventory is designed to help the addict acknowledge and accept all of the ways that he or she has caused and experienced suffering. It is through the process of understanding, acknowledging, and admitting suffering that we can begin to transform our relationship with suffering and begin to find liberation from it. So we would write this, but um, what I'm going to ask you to do is reflect on each question. So finding a way to be meditative, reflective, allowing your eyes to close, establishing present time awareness in your heart, in your mind, in your body, softening any tension, resistance. And contemplate these questions as I read them to you. Suffering is the stress created by craving for more. Reflect on the stress your addiction created. How did it manifest day to day or moment to moment? Suffering is never having enough to feel satisfied. How did you suffer from dissatisfaction? How do you continue to suffer from dissatisfaction? Suffering is stealing to support your addiction. Did you steal? From whom? Reflect on all of the ways that you stole, all of the theft, the small ways of taking what wasn't really freely offered, the big ways. Suffering is lying to hide your addiction. When did you start lying about your addiction? Was it blatant? Did you minimize your addiction or omit details? Whom have you lied to? And what is the extent of your dishonesty. Suffering is feeling ashamed of one's actions. List all of the ways, reflect on all of the ways that you have felt ashamed or guilty about your actions.
Suffering is feeling unworthy. Has unworthiness affected you? In what ways? Suffering is living in fear of the consequences of one's actions. Did fear of getting caught affect your life? How? Suffering is the feeling of anger and resentment. Reflect on all of the people who you've ever been angry or resentful toward, and why. Suffering is hurting other people. Make a list of all the people you have hurt and how you hurt them. Reflect on all of the ways that we've caused harm. As you reflect on this, I invite you to do a Tong Len breath where you breathe in the suffering that we're reflecting on and breathe out compassion towards yourselves and those we've caused harm to. Breathing in the suffering, breathing out kindness towards yourself and others. Suffering is hurting yourself. Reflect on all of the ways you have hurt yourself. Breathe it in and breathe it out. Suffering is the feeling of being isolated and alone. Did your addiction lead to a feeling of isolation? At the end, were you all alone in your self-created disconnection. Reflect on your isolation, your loneliness. Suffering is the feeling of hatred towards oneself. Reflect on all of the things about yourself you've ever judged or hated.
Suffering is jealousy and envy. Reflect on everyone and everything you've ever envied. Suffering is feeling less than, inferior to, or beneath others. Reflect on the ways that you have felt less than. Suffering is feeling superior, better than, or above others. List the ways you have felt superior. Suffering is greedy, needy, and selfish. List how being greedy, needy, and selfish has affected your life and relationships. Breathe in the suffering of greed, of selfishness of our clinging and craving. Breathe out. Kindness, soften your belly. We're just turning towards what's true. Suffering is, is the thought that I cannot be happy until I get. What are some of the things you think you need to be happy? Suffering is the anguish and misery of being addicted. What other forms of misery did your addiction create? How did it affect your sexuality, your finances, your looks? Suffering is greed, hatred, and delusion in all its many manifestations. How else have you suffered? Breathing in the suffering, breathing out the intention to meet our own pain and the pain of others with kindness, compassion, Reflect on the ways that you've put yourself 
or someone else in physical danger because of your addiction. The unsafe environments we put ourselves in, the drunk or drunk driving, the fights. Reflect on any grief or trauma in your life that has fueled your addiction. Our losses, our wounds. How we've often been running from our own pain. Reflect on how you've suffered physically. Reflect on any other emotional suffering you have experienced as a result of your addiction. Reflect on all of the things that have disappeared from your life due to your addiction. The people, the things, the communities, the jobs, all of the loss. Reflect on any misfortunes you've experienced because of addiction. Reflect on any missed opportunities or failures in your life that were due to your addiction. Reflect on the ways that your addiction has made your life different from the way that you want it or intended it to be. Reflect on your relationship history and consider how your addiction may have caused harm in your relationships. <coughs> what was it like for the people who loved us? Who cared about us? Bring to mind some of the people 
and some of the ways that we cause them harm, that we hurt them. Breathing in the pain of those thoughts and memories. Breathing out compassion, asking for forgiveness. Reflect on how your addiction has affected your sex life. Reflect if your sexual conduct has hurt others. Reflect on the people and be specific about how we have caused harm. What ways were we unskillful? How did we let our confusion, our suffering spill out onto others? Reflect on any other ways that you have experienced or caused suffering in relationship to your addiction. Anything that we haven't reflected on yet, let it come into your heart and mind. Breathe it in. Breathe it out. No more denial, no more avoidance. Turning towards the suffering as the path through it, as the path to heal it. Reflect on what your life would look like if you were free from the suffering that addiction has caused. As you reflect on what your life would look like without the suffering, be specific and be generous. Be kind to yourself. As we recover, as we get free from suffering, as we experience more happiness and freedom and joy, it's not about the external or the material, but the internal.
the emotional balance, the wisdom, the compassion, the kindness and the generosity that we begin to embody as we develop these skills. Last question. Whether you're new to recovery or you've been at it for some years, where do you see yourself in five years? What's your goal? What's your plan? More interest in the spiritual aspirations than the material ones. How about 10 years or 20 years down the line? What's long-term recovery going to look like in your life? What kind of service will you be doing? How will your experience be offered to benefit others? You can remain in a reflective state if you'd like. Or you can begin to open your eyes if you've closed them, come back into the environment that you're in, the screen that you're sitting in front of. And, and feel what's here as we turn towards this first truth and we really look at uh, the reality of suffering in our lives and depending on how long you've been in recovery, whether you're still in that suffering, that brutal suffering and, and maybe you're done or if you've been in recovery for some time and the suffering of active addiction is beginning to recede, but then there's still the ordinary suffering of life. There's still the craving, the aversion, the self-centeredness. And the more we follow this path, the more we develop mindfulness, the more we develop forgiveness, kindness, compassion, generosity, the less and less we suffer. Not by avoiding, but by turning towards and learning wise ways to feel we begin to heal so um, if you're watching on instagram and you'd like to uh, participate i'm going to open for a few minutes for some questions if there's any questions about the first truth um, you can come over those questions i'll answer on um, the youtube page Refuge Recovery World Services on YouTube. Uh, come over there, join us, and you can ask questions. If it's not clear, somebody was telling me it wasn't clear exactly where you find the um, 
place to make the comment to ask questions. Um, maybe Facebook is easier. That's the Refuge Recovery page on Facebook. Any questions about the first truth? Anybody want to share their experience with the relief they got from actually writing down this inventory and sharing it with someone and, and participating in this process? All right, I don't seem to be getting any participation. Um, somebody uh, on Instagram is saying, uh, the first truth is love. Um, <laughs> kind of, except for the first truth is uh, the truth of suffering. Love is the uh, answer is the solution but first we have to see all of the suffering where we've been unloving where we've been uh, ignorant and confused and addicted and then we can begin to heal by meeting ourselves and with love i see another question here on insta that says is there a worksheet for the first truth and there is um, on the refugerecovery.org website there is a um there's a worksheet that you can download and you can write it or you can just get the book and get a notebook and just write down the questions and the answers and the i kind of think that rather than do, i mean worksheets are cool but there's something about getting your notebook your refuge you know dedicated notebook and writing the question down first and there's something about when we write something in our own hand you know write the question down first and then answer it um, rather than just reading it and answering it. And I feel like for me, there's something about writing it down that's helpful. And there is a worksheet. Okay, a couple questions coming in from the YouTube channel. Shannon saying, truly freeing, was truly freeing. It was more extensive and freeing than I had anticipated. And it's a continuous process. I know it's a lot of questions. I know it's, uh, what you say, more extensive. It is. But we got to be thorough here. I feel like relapse happens when we are, um, when we're not thorough, when we don't really do the work. So I'm asking uh, people to really do some hard work here. Misty's saying, no matter how many times I do it, there's always more and more. It's always challenging, and yes, it does comes with waves of relief. See. Somebody's asking, Emily's asking, what if you overcome your addiction, but now you have to go under surgery and be prescribed pain medications again? Do I have any advice? Um... It depends on where we're at in our recovery, I think. Uh, this is a very common experience. And, um, you know, sometimes certainly people go out and, you know, um, relapse after um, having to take some kind of uh, pain meds. So it's something to be very careful about. 
Um, sometimes people find that they don't want to deal with the drugs themselves, the pain meds, and they have a, a friend, a mentor, someone else hold the, hold the meds. It really just depends on where you're at in your process. Um, I'm, you know, clean and sober for a very long time. I had big, two big surgeries last year, um, but I'm 30 years into recovery uh, and I had a big jar of pain pills and they were like, you know, take these four times a day for the next however many weeks. And I knew for myself that although I wouldn't take them, uh, I wouldn't take them recreationally, I didn't even really want to take them as prescribed because I knew I would become dependent on them and then have to kick and that disgusting feeling of having to kick opiates that I've been through before. Um, so I, you know, after my knee surgery, I took them for a day and a half and then I tossed them. I didn't need to take them anymore. So it depends on the surgery and kind of what we were talking about before, it depends on your pain tolerance. I found that actually um, Advil took the edge off enough and also I've been meditating for a long time, so you learn how to be uncomfortable. It's okay to be uncomfortable. Part of the problem with the doctors is they're like, take this so that you don't feel, so you never feel uncomfortable. And it's okay to feel a little bit uncomfortable sometimes, but we don't have to be so kind of macho that we put ourselves into so much pain. Um, let's see, a couple other questions. Somebody's saying, thank you, haven't done the inventory. Do it, get on it. Uh, I can see the questions from Facebook, Ryan. Question from YouTube that says, Tonglen, meditation is powerful. Yes, and it's in the book and um, just breathing in, you know, especially I just, I threw that in as we were reflecting because there's the, those are painful things to reflect on. So we breathe in the pain, breathe in the suffering, feel it, it's okay to feel it. And then breathe out kindness and compassion or forgiveness. So using the breath with acknowledging the suffering and responding wisely to it. Someone else on Instagram is saying, I found for myself that the first truth inventory really highlighted, highlighted how much fear was present throughout not only my addiction, but my life as a whole. I get that. And, and not until we can see the fear can then we start relating to it wisely. Because if we're not aware of it, we're unconsciously driven through our lives by the fears or the cravings or the shame or whatever it is. So this inventory asks us to write it all down, see it clearly, then we have the ability to change our relationship to it, to recover. So I think I'm going to leave it there for tonight. I hope that these reflections and, and reading from the book was useful for you. I will be back with you next um, Thursday where we'll go over the second truth from Refuge Recovery. Again, please um, follow the Refuge YouTube, Refuge Recovery World Services YouTube page, Refuge Recovery Instagram, Facebook. If you want to communicate with me, you can reach out to me on my Instagram, Levine 108 And I hope that uh, all of you are well and taking care of yourselves and 
meditating more during this time of uh, isolation. And uh, if you haven't finished your inventory, what a great opportunity while you're home. Turn off Netflix for a while, pull out that notebook and get that inventory done. Um, not only for yourself and your own freedom, but also so you can mentor the other people in your community that need help. So think of both for your own recovery and also for, um, for the benefit of others. I see that on Facebook, uh, they just posted that you can make donations. If you'd like to make donations, we of course are a nonprofit. You can uh, do donations through the refugerecovery.org slash donate. Please consider supporting World Services. World Services is here uh, to support you, to support all of the refuge recovery meetings and community, and we're doing all we can to create a healthy um, and vibrant community for, for everybody who wants to be part of it. So um, many goodness that comes from these reflections and teachings from our virtual gathering be shared outward in all directions may all addicts find the willingness to do the hard work of recovery and together may we create a positive change see you next week Thank you for listening to this episode of the Refuge Recovery Podcast. To learn more about our program of recovery and to connect with others on the Refuge Recovery Path, visit our website, refugerecovery.org, where you will find information, meditations, and links to both in-person and online Refuge Recovery meetings. This podcast is brought to you by Refuge Recovery World Services, a nonprofit created to support our network of refuge recovery groups around the world. Thank you for listening.